Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you doing? How are you living? I hope you're all doing well. Wherever you are listening to the podcast, we appreciate you for checking out the show. My guests this time around are the excellent Tenside. I sat down with Johannes and I sat down with Daniel of Tenside to chat all about their brand new eighth studio record, Come Alive Dying, and it is fantastic. This conversation is an absolute riot from start to finish. I love, love this band so much. I love the boys so much. They were totally down for the conversation uh, and the good vibe chat. It was really, really good. We are recording this conversation at the beginning of Christmas. Well, it's actually the 14th of December as I'm recording this intro and podcast today. Um, but yeah, you won't be hearing it until around about the 19th of January, which is the release date of their brand new record, as I've previously said. It's fantastic. Uh, I do just want to address a couple of things real quick. There is a couple of audio uh, errors, I guess, with Zoom just playing up. Um, but I've tried to edit these out as much as I have, much as I can. I haven't actually edited them out of the podcast yet because I'm doing the intros first and then I'll edit them. So I will see how I got on with that. Um, thank you for the love and support on the previous episodes. I'm assuming they've got loads, which is always nice. Um, and yeah, I am going to shut the fuck up and let you guys listen to my conversation with Johannes and with Daniel of the band Tenside. I've done that intro in one take. Let's go, baby. Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. And it's my absolute pleasure to bring you this interview. I am sat down with the excellent gentleman in Tenside. How are we doing, gents? How's things? Hey, what's up? We're good. Thank you. Hey, nice to meet you. We're, we're good. We're good. Um, finally, another podcast. Haven't done those in a while. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, this is, uh, as I say, he was just saying, our this is the year number four of the podcast in 2024 as this goes out and things. Um, and we're here to chat all about your brand new record, Come Alive Dying, which is out on the 19th of January, which should be the same day or if not slightly around the same that same time. Um, my first kind of question, which because we're recording this a month uh, essentially a month before the record comes out hence the christmas decorations in my background if you watch this on youtube and whatnot what is the mood like <laughs> how are you feeling ahead of the record actually pretty good so i think we're stoked to finally uh bring the record uh to life and bring it out um so it was a lot of work for us to create the new records and i mean we went through a lot of crazy times um especially in the last couple of years with all the COVID things going on. So we're just super stoked to finally start again as a band with a brand new record. Absolutely. Anything to add, Jonas? Uh, not really. It's exactly what it is. Hard work, um, long times, no shows. Um, we're finally starting off with some release shows, um, celebrating the new record. So um, we're pretty much looking forward to that um, so that uh, the hard work finally pays off. Absolutely. And that's the thing as well. I think a lot of people have the same kind of uh, thing and the same mindset with this. So I, so I work in a pub right in England and I saw a friend of mine who I haven't seen probably, I reckon, two or three years. But because of COVID and that whole period, I was like, 
it's been like five, maybe six years since I sent you. And like, it's kind of crazy how time kind of elongates because of the pandemic and everything else. So it's um, it, it's a conversation I've had a lot with different bands. They said they're just excited to get music out there and get playing, playing shows again. Um, so please correct me if I'm wrong on any of my notes or anything. But essentially, this is the band's seventh studio record. Um, I've heard it. It's fucking fantastic. I'm just going to get that. As I said previously uh, off air, I'm on your side on, on this one. It's fucking excellent record. Did you approach this record differently in uh, comparison to the last record coming out in 2020 in that kind of weird kind of pandemic uh, times and things? Yeah, glad to hear that. Thanks a lot. Um, I think that Come Alive Dying is actually uh, uh, the eighth. The eighth is it? Okay, fine. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not the same um and as a band <laughs> and uh, as a band we are around for quite some time so i mean i've started this whole thing when we when i was a kid you know and then one thing came to another and i'm still in the band you know so what shall i say <laughs> um but when it comes to the record i mean i me personally i'm super stoked um with the with the result we got so this is definitely our best sounding record to date um and yeah i mean when it comes to what what's different i mean i would say it's definitely our hardest record but on the same time our most most melodic record mm. um i sing a little bit more than on the previously one um and yeah i mean we put a lot of effort into the into the whole writing process um to give every song the moment and the space so yeah i'm i'm just stoked what about you honey um i have kind of the same thoughts i mean we had like three years to uh write record and release the record um it took us almost four so um it definitely there definitely went um, a lot of work into it um but i think you can tell by the songs and by the overall feel of the record um that we took our time for this one um, and the songs are damn good produced. Like we had a really good producer team on our side for this record. Um, Michael, our guitarist, um, wrote the best songs he ever did, I think. And um, there's a lot to look forward to. We mixed this one in America. Um, mm -hmm. It's mixed by Joseph McQueen. Um, he previously did like Bad Wolves, SLA Dying, From Ashes to New. And when it comes to the sound, we're we're just stoked to to have this the, this record going on like now. This just yeah, yeah. What, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I I kind of had this down as, as a slightly um, down on my notes and things, but I, I, you've touched on it, so this is the perfect time to bring it up. I wanted to kind of drill into the details of the record because I love fucking nerding out about this stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, although um, the, the lovely Jasmine who looks after your PR, she didn't send me that much in terms of the, the nerdy kind of details and I'm a stickler for the nerdy stuff, right? So you recorded the album in, in America and stuff. How did that happen? How did kind of uh, working with the producer, how did that all come about? And how, how was that kind of experience? Because it's uh, not a native uh, country for you guys, I'm assuming. Um, basically when it comes to the recording, we recorded the whole record in our own studio, um, sure. um, as uh, here in Munich in Germany, where we are at home mm -hmm. and our guitarist, Michael, he's basically the, the brain, um, when it comes to all the studio work and the engineering and, um, yeah, honey, maybe you can tell something about the drum recordings. 
um for the drums we've uh we went to a studio um in the mid of germany um it's called uh, the kohle keller studios nice. um christian kohle keller is is mostly known for the kohle audio cult he has like a youtube channel going on where he explains how he mixes stuff and he's basically as far as i know one of the best guys to to get your drums done because he has um a certain touch to his recordings that you really can can feel on a record um so that's where the drums took place and the rest was basically um the things we did in america right daniel yeah um so for the mixing and the mastering we um we met everything in america so i'm going back and forth um with los angeles basically since i'm yeah 18 years old or something Sure. And uh, I have a lot of friends living there and, and I'm just going back and forth all the time. And so, I mean, the music scene over there is super big and it was always a dream um, to get a record mixed and have a big sounding record um, like this. So, um, yeah, we got connected by a friend to uh, to Joseph and I went to a breakfast with him um, in, in L.A. close to, to the studio and we've we've chat about the record and so yeah then one thing came to another and we started with the first track and um yeah we got the vibe and it's it sounded amazing so that that was just an, a total naturally process then when it comes to the mixing and so the result is even better and that on then on top of it um we got the chance to got the um record mastered by Ted Jensen in Nashville I mean, he's he's kind of a legend. Um, that is crazy, and yeah, um, it sounds fantastic. So we're just super happy to uh, have these people on board um, when it comes to the to the whole record. So yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing as well. I think it's a testament to to the guys uh, who produced the record and obviously mixed and mastered it, but also it's a testament to you guys as well. But having your kind of finger on the pulse of what is really like you know important about these things because you could make the best sounding uh like songs and the best songs in your arsenal but if they're not recorded well if they're not structured well if they're not like all the producer side of it and the mixing side of it it sounds like it's recorded in a biscuit tin do you know what i mean you know and some people love that kind of early 80s uh production and stuff not for me unfortunately i'm a massive fan of the kind of the new modern kind of sound and stuff and um, i wanted to kind of ask because some bands kind of don't tend to listen to kind of heavy music because you play heavy music do you guys often listen to heavy music in, in your personal lives and kind of what is your kind of feeling on uh, uh metal in kind of and rock in 2024 uh, and johannes is laughing at me so <laughs> i feel like i've touched a nerve or something i don't know <laughs> uh, um that, that's a question um we, yeah. we get asked a lot um and it's funny because you have like the two guys in your podcast that mm -hmm. don't really listen to metal like there are certain there are certain <laughs> records we love and like we all grew up listening to to corn and slipknot and stuff mm -hmm. but um times are changing man times are definitely yeah, changing um so um if you'd ask me like I, i've recently answered um an, an interview um a written one Mm -hmm. um and they they asked me to um to tell something about my record um of this year my favorite yeah. record um this year is an absolute exception because it's a metal record um okay, as far so, as as far so as you... i know um yeah. um i really uh dig the 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 sleep token um thing. okay 
Nice. Yeah, um, yeah, nice. But basically, I think it's a metal record um, without sounding any metal at all. And mm -hmm. that's why it's made um, my number one spot this year. Um, but other than that, I think it's the classics, like the corn, yeah. the early corn stuff, the early Slipknot stuff, a lot of kills which engage. Um, I do love um, Snot um, a lot. That's a record I always come back to. Um, early Mudvayne stuff, that's the kind of metal I love to listen to. Well, that, you, you say that. So you said that you two are the guys that don't listen to metal. Is there kind of a, like a divide when it comes to going on tour and stuff then? Because that's the thing. Like I have, I, I pride myself as one man and having a really eclectic music taste because I know that Spotify, Apple Music, they pay artists shit and they're basically scumbags. But the flip side of that is for everyone is you can have everything. You can have access to everything. I, I'm so I, I was born in 93, right? So growing up in the mid two thousands, I had to like save up like pocket money and like uh, job money to go and buy like CDs. And if you didn't like that CD, like you were fucked. You had to just live with it. Or, or what you did is you take it back to the store and go, oh no, it doesn't work. It's broken or it's scratched. And, you know, I've bought some fucking terrible records. And I'm so envious of people now that can just go, I don't like this. I'm just going to flick on something else. But the flip side of that is it opens up a whole new world of different things. It's like, cool. I've never listened to, I mean, this is a complete lot. I say, I've never listened to like jazz. But if I wanted to, I could go and find some classic quote unquote classic jazz records stick them on and see if i like jazz do you know what i mean all these different things so that's the kind of the trade-off i guess how, how do you find um picking a pay a playlist for touring things when you're in the van and whatnot oh i think when it comes to playlists in our in our bus <laughs> when we're on tour it's it's kind of difficult <laughs> sure. so um i'm more like i'm the guy with the headphones on all the time so sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty pretty much the same. Um so I I listen to a lot of like early nineties hip hop, old school stuff all the nice. time. Yeah. I mean and of course I still listen to metal. I mean like all those classics, like Honey already said, um when it comes to corn or rage against the machine or Gojira or it's like of course, but uh I think especially as a musician it's super uh fucking important to just listen to a lot of different music genres um yeah. yeah i mean you can you can find new influences so um and yeah i mean basically just listen to whatever the fuck you want uh, as long as it feels good you know so yeah absolutely and i think that's the thing as well i think Again, I, I'm not in a band or anything like that, but what I sometimes do with this podcast is you fall into a certain way of doing things in a certain style, and that's completely your own. And that goes the same with music. But I think if I was to start, I mean, I'm a podcast fiend as well. I listen to fucking too many podcasts, if anything, right? <laughs> but like, if I listen to too many like interview based, especially with bands like yourselves and heavy artists and things like that, I can start copying mannerisms that other people do. And that's fine to like, you know, um, cross reference and like change things up. But when it comes to music, it can be difficult because there's only so many frets in a guitar. There's only, but that's the thing. It's, there's a difference between a direct, you know, inspiration, for example, like, I don't know, you listen to a sugar song, go, oh, I like that drum part. I'm going to steal that. Or, or do you know what I mean? Whereas I've, I've literally, and I, and I bane my life to talk about this, right? But there's a band uh, in, in Birmingham who I'm sort of friends with and whatnot. And I had to tell them they released a song and I was like, 
you realize, and I hate to say it, but that's literally a direct ripoff of Doomsday by Architects. The whole riff, the whole riff was, I don't, I don't play guitar, right? So whether it was an octave down or like different note structure, but it's the same. And to the point, I was like, I know that riff. I know that riff. And it racked my brain for quite a And I assumed my other half. And she went, yeah, that's Architects by Doomsday. I went, yeah, it is. I was like, lads, did you, like, we had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that can be really difficult do you know what i mean so that that's the trade-off with um listening to heavy music when you're in a heavy yeah. band do you know what i mean because you can sometimes un unashamedly kind of tune your ring that sounds good and it's like it's because you've already heard it do you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> it, it's a it's something that can be uh difficult sometimes i mean i mean at some point um during during the writing process there are some riffs where like michael um shows them to us yeah. And anyone in the band, like it could be Daniel, it could be Jonas or bassist, or it could be me, is like, it sounds pretty good, but I think I kind of heard this riff yeah. somewhere else. And then we're like uh, um, constantly trying to find out which band this riff is actually from. Um, and if we can't find it, we keep it for a while. And just yeah. to make sure, um, is it a riff that's out there? Um, yeah. But sometimes it's like it just clicks, and you're like, "Okay, that's a Papa Roach riff. We can't take this, obviously." I, I was, I was just thinking in my head, you're, you're in the studio, it's like, "Dan, Dan, 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 Dan." It's like, I know that riff from somewhere. Hang on a minute, like, <laughs> oh, you've just reinvented the wheel. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so I wanted to talk about as well the fact that the band has been uh, a band for a long time. So if I've, again, I've got my notes correct, 18 years as a band in 2024, a heck of an achievement. I wanted to talk about what do you guys perceive the uh, the reason for that? What, how do you, uh, the longevity of the band? Because the music industry can be a fucking cruel place, right? But not only that, being in a band is hard work. I've, I've heard it been... Uh, uh, likened to being in you know a long-term four-way relationship you know like the the brothers or there's a relationship all these different things because it is hard you know like when it's just myself and um my other half rebecca you know i'll be talking about podcasts and it's just me doing it and she'll be like no no no, i don't think that and like we'll have an argument about something that's my little project if you see what i mean so it must be uh not difficult but it's compromise you know how, how do you find that and how do you find longevity of a band like yourselves um first of all i think for the love of music um mm. we I, I'm, I gotta be honest man so um yeah. we all four of us we just love playing together and we we just love being on tour um i mean of course you have hard times i mean all the times yeah. <laughs> are <Yeah>. mostly hard <laughs> and yeah as you already said i mean the music business uh can be a really shady one um but i mean you have to find your way through and it's always like a roller coaster like crazy ups and crazy downs and i think over the over the years you just learn to deal with it and um as long as you still have the fun and the drive to to make it as a band, then it's all right, I guess. And everything else is just it's a it's a vibe, you know. Like I mean, of course, I'm doing this like for such a long time, and you always have like days where you think like, "Wow, what the fuck is going on?" But then you have another day where it's just great, and you just remember why you're doing it. And yeah, so. 
Absolutely. And again, I, I'm not in a band, so, so correct me if I'm, uh, if I'm wrong on any of these things, but I imagine when you're loading in your gear and it's fucking pissing down with rain and you've got to take up three flights of stairs and then you get to the stairs and you can't find your cables, you can't find your drumsticks, whatever it may be. And then your band mates like taking the mickey or whatever. And it's just like, oh, will you just fuck off? You know what I mean? But then when you play the show, and the show is sick and you're like having a beer backstage afterwards, you're like, you know what? Sorry about that, lads. I wasn't I wasn't being, you know what I mean? It's it's the ups and the downs, the trials and tribulations of being in a band. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. I think um the 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 only secret there is to to being around for such a long time basically is um liking it each other. Oh like, yeah. I think we wouldn't do it um like I'm not um in the band from the beginning, but since I'm with the guys, um I think what really made it special and what really worked for us was like just being good friends. Um, even um, if I haven't been in the band from the start, we all know um, each other at least eight to ten years um, on a personal basis. And um, I think that's what, what makes it special. You always know, even if the times are shitty, it's your best friends you're doing the stuff with. And um, that helps quite a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that, that's the thing as well, looking towards the future. So this is going out in 2024. Obviously, the record will be out or coming out in the next few days and things. Um, I wanted to talk about the fact you are doing some uh, some release shows as well in, in Germany, as I understand it. I want to ask, with a band who's got eight albums out to date, how do you go about picking a set list? Because that's the thing. I'm a fucking music nerd, right? So I'll be in the crowd going, oh, they didn't play that deep cut off their third record, number, no, track number seven, right? And I get it. I totally get it from a band's point of view. It's like that one person in one city is going to like it. And everyone else is going to look around going, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> so how, how do you go about putting together a set list? Yeah, I've... What shall I say? I mean, it's it's get gets harder with every new record. That's mm -hmm. that's for sure. Um, I think when it comes now to the release shows in Germany for the new records, um, we're basically playing a lot of the of the new material, <clears throat> um, just because these are release shows and we just want yeah, to show show the people the new tracks uh, live for sure. And then, I mean, it depends like um, how long you can play, if it's a supporting set or if it's a full headliner. And I think we, we mostly choose the songs from the last four records, including the new one, um, because this is the material we're still playing. The rest is more or less like use stuff. <laughs> You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, so um, so yeah, maybe honey, you can add something, but yeah, um, I think that's basically it. Like there, there was like the the first time um, the lineup really changed when Michael came into the band. Um, the approach on writing songs got pretty different, as you can imagine. If the main songwriter switching. Then there, there you, you obviously hear a difference in in the records from from that point on, um, and it totally made sense to um, to have like a a set list that feels like a complete package um, mm -hmm. to just go from all the records that Michael co-wrote at least, um, so that you can hear a signature sound from song one to song fifteen, let's say. Yeah. Um, and with every new record, as Daniel said, it's getting harder and harder because you have like your favorite six songs on every record, 
but um, times four, the set list would be way too long to play. So um, now we're at a point where we're kind of in a, yeah, we have to argue about the songs in the set list because everyone has their favorites, obviously. And it's like, yeah, I want to play that song. Nah, that song's not that good live. Let's play this song. Um, and I think it's it's a pretty cool point to be at. Like, I love to discuss about the set list when I know every song's good. So yeah. um, w w what better way to, to prepare for a tour if you know you just got straight bangers in your back? Absolutely. And that's the thing as well. Have you guys, I mean, this is this is a, a, a strange question, I admit, but I always think about, right, so take the biggest band in metal, which arguably is Metallica, in my opinion, right? Do you ever think that Lars, James, and, and the guys in Metallica ever go, oh, fuck, we've got to play Enter Sandman tonight? Do you know what I mean? Because it's such, you know, do, do you guys have a song in your, in your catalog, if you want to admit it, that is, that's kind of like, that's a great song. Everyone loves it, but I am so fucking bored of playing it because in my, in my scenario, in my head, I just think about James backstage and gone, right. Encore. Okay. Master. Yeah. Fine. Oh, fucking it. The same man again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, it's just such a comical thought in my head. Every time I see a Metallica live, I'm like, do you think that's what he's thinking? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, weird... I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have we have one of those songs. Um, um, it's it's a, a song from which record was it on? It was on the Nova, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's Reborn, one of the the, the biggest um, ten side hits to date. I think people go crazy wherever we play it. Like people really enjoy that song, and like we love playing it as well. But it it got to a point where we're like. Yeah, we've doing this song for so long. Is it maybe it's time to leave it out of the set list? But um, Daniel always catches us, and it's always we have to play that one, or I'm quitting the band, guys. And um, yeah, that's uh, most of the times that's a point, and we're like, okay, please, please stay. We're playing it. <laughs> you know what? So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band. But one of my favorite bands of all time is a band called Enshikari from the UK, right? And they have a song called Sorry Not a Winner. And everyone, fans love it. It's basically the clap clap song. If you're into your uh, uh, that kind of music, you'll know it. But it's not a great song. And like they dropped it out of their set for a little while, right? Because again, it was on the first record. Like I totally get it. It's a, it's a huge anthem. But like, and it's kind of like, I'd rather hear something out, you know. And people went fucking mad about it. People like the fans, I mean, fans on the internet, let me like clarify, not actually going to their houses, just people on their keyboards as they do. Um, but it was kind of one of those, it was just an interesting dichotomy of people going, like the entitlement of fans versus the band, because bands ultimately, and again, correct me if I'm, I'm out of speaking out of turn, but you write things for yourselves because that's the art of doing it. But also there is that kind of co-ownership of it because once you release it, in some respect, it's no longer yours because it's kind of everyone else. And they go, oh, Daniel, what, what did that lyric mean? What did that drum part mean? Do you know what I mean? And what does that riff kind of mean? And then they kind of take it for themselves. But also, people can be kind of like that about it, if you, if you know what I mean. This is 100% true. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a weird one. And also, I'm just going to put it on the record and say that once a band releases a new record, the old records don't go away. That that because you know, that's what people forget. They're like, oh, it's not like the old stuff. And Daniel, you do a you do a, a little bit more clean so singing on this one on, on this re release. Was that a conscious decision, or was it just something you guys wanted to do more? Or how, how did that come about? 
in that respect. The thing is, yeah, sure. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm getting older, like everyone else, and mm. when it I comes, turn, to, so and thirty in twenty three. Don't remind so, me. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get me wrong. So I'm I'm still off screaming. It's all good. Yeah. I'm still doing it, and I'm doing it a lot. But when it comes to the music, I just felt that those songs just need more clean vocals. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've I've just decided to sing more on the record um, because the, the songs needed it, you know. Yeah. And um, this is what it's all about for me as a musician. And when it comes to, to making a record, I mean, we never do the same record twice, never. Yeah. And it's always kind of a challenge, you know, so if, as a musician, so you you have to challenge yourself to like just what's next. I mean, yeah, this is, this is a total must for me when it comes to making a new record to challenge yourself for the for the next thing. And um, yeah, it just felt naturally and it felt good. And yeah, so yeah. That, that's the thing as well. It's an it's an evolution, isn't it? Because that's the thing. If, if you if you do the same thing twice, not that I don't think anyone ever would, but if you do the same thing twice, you kind of stagnate, and then the next kind of the next thing comes along, and you're suddenly like bottom of the pile again. If that makes sense, and it's not a case of uh, keeping relevancy like that. It's just for your own personal growth as well as a band. It's like you're constantly moving forward onto the next thing, and you know, although nothing in the past is ever forgotten if that makes sense yeah so yeah it's important for for that i I think so it's kind of crazy to for me as a also as a music fan you know so Mm -hmm. when i see there's a new record coming out and it's it's totally different from the previous one from any other band then you see these days i mean you see a lot of people raging and going crazy in the internet and Mm -hmm. posting and commenting like crazy stuff and, and i'm always like I mean, just give it a try, guys. Just just listen to it before you hate about this this new thing. So, and that's that's uh, the thing. Well. That's the thing as well. I, I find that a lot of it is so reactionary, and reactionally can be a good thing or a bad thing. They hear, you know, they'll hear like a, a sick like guitar intro, drums. Yeah, fucking, let's go, let's go. And then suddenly it's clean singing. They're like, whoa, like someone's just like fucking trying to drown your cat or something. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Like, just chill the fuck out. Give, give, you know, Melody a chance. Do you know what I mean? That That's what I think, at least anyway. So um, it, it's a strange one. And also, I, I did want to say as well, I've said this a few times on the podcast. If you're releasing something positive, which art is, you know, for the most part into the world and people hate on it, it's kind of on them. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's just let them, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, six fucking billion people, however many people on this planet, like you're not going to please everyone. But what I think you do want is people to go, yes, that is fucking excellent. Or, oh my God, what have you done? That is terrible. It's the bit in between the indifference is when people go, it's all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. If you get a visceral reaction out of someone, you've done something right. <laughs> d- definitely. I mean, that um, art's pretty, pretty much polarizing. And, um, yeah. Um, I think it's important to strike a nerve for for everyone that listens to the record. Um, it could be bad, yeah. but it could be good. Um, and it's always good to at least get a reaction out of someone. Um, as you said, if someone's like, yeah, that's all right. That's not what we want yeah. our record to be. Either you say, it's great. I love it. I listen to it again. Or you, you say, ah, maybe it's too soft for me. Or I don't like um, the mixture of clean vocals and shouting. I don't listen to it again. That's fine with us as well. Like 
we we love those songs we think that they're, they're pretty big and um i think uh we wrote the most catchiest songs we've possibly ever did like the hooks are insane you listen to them once and you're like you yeah. are hooked for a whole week um and and normally don't say um um stuff about uh, about the songs that i take part in like this because um i think it's it's kind of a bit um not selfish how do you say it? Uh, how do you say it um it's um self-indulgent yeah 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 that's basically it um yeah. and um but with this songs i'm quite sure we did and they are fucking catchy and so you know what i i think as well if you if you don't back yourself no one's going to back you yeah. and that's that's just in life if you've not got your own kind of self-confidence to stand up and go no this is good and like whether you think it's good or not, I think it's good, and that's all the that fucking matters. Do you know what I mean? And you know, yeah, that I'll say I, I've got some, um, I've had some detractors uh, about the podcast in, in over the four years. But again, it's like it's a free thing. Fucking just on to the next thing. Don't worry about it. Don't yeah. don't. Lose, I don't lose sleep over it. So do you know what I mean? Don't don't stress about it. Um, one one thing I did want to touch on as well is a question I've kind of asked uh, a lot of artists over, over the last few years, and that is. What is happening before you hit the stage? Now, I know, and what I'm trying to do with this question is dispel some myths that have, may have happened in the 1980s. The people think that all bands are living up and, and drugging it up and women it up and all that kind of stuff. Because, <laughs> again, you, see, you seem like an outstanding band, right? So I wanted to know, half an hour to an hour before stage, what's happening? Because some people kind of go introverted and like they want their own space. And they're like, cool, just leave me in my zen space. Other people kind of rally around each other, get yourself G'd up and stuff, maybe crack a Red Bull or a beer or whatever. What's happening before you hit the stage? How do you kind of mentally and physically prepare for stage? Myself, um, when it's like an hour before stage time, um, I'm changing clothes and um, warming my vocals up mostly. And yeah, I'm just going away from everyone. Um, mm -hmm. I just need that private space um and get myself into the in, into the mood you know so i'm listening to a lot of of music um before i go out and doing a little workout kind of thing and then meeting all the guys like, like 10 minutes before to get in a good mood together so yeah Nice. How about you, Jonas? Um, I'm speaking for the rest of the band, basically, as yep. most yep. of the times we are cramped into a small backstage room. Um, <laughs> if it's a good day, um, that means if like all the, the, the gear on the stage works fine and there wasn't any troubles um, during the day, um, we, of course, get ready for stage, uh, change our clothes, and um, just talk to each other. Then, like everyone's doing, like ten to fifteen minutes of a small warm up at least. Like I do some some rudiments. Uh, Michael just plays some chords, like re really loosely. It's nothing technical. It's just to get warm, to get in the mood. Um, then we most of the times put on a playlist. There is a certain warm up playlist that we like to play with um, a lot of our favorite bands. Um, and uh, Michael prepares some drinks. So normally we have like, um, it could be a shot, but mm -hmm. most of the times it's uh, James and ginger ale. Um, nice. Then we have a glass of that one. Um, then Daniel comes back and then they're basically like five minutes before the show. Um, I have a cigarette 
Michael, I share it with Michael. He normally doesn't smoke, but um, before show, he likes to take one or two puffs. Um, and then we're getting in a circle, um, hands on hands. And then there's basically um, like a, a sentence we made up that we shout at each other and we're hyping each other up. And then it's showtime. Amazing. Do you ever kind of get nervous before you hit the stage? Because I think that's the thing. I think if some bands have said to me, oh, no, 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 I don't get nervous. I, I and I kind of I don't ever want to call anybody a liar. Right. But I kind of go, oh, OK, all right. All right. Because I think you have to. I think if you don't have that sense of nervousness, then you're more again, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's kind of a sense of you're more likely to cock something up. Because that's the thing, it, it's that over-exuberant confidence, and then you get on, and then, I don't know, the amp's not turned on behind you, or, or something silly, do you know what I mean? Do you kind of get nervous before stage? And if you don't, it's, it's cool as well, you know? I mean, I think you're 100% right, 100%. And I think um, there's always a little bit of it, and it's, it, is, it is super important. If you're losing this, I think then you're losing the whole thing. Yeah, Like, sure. um, I mean, even if it's just a little bit, um, you need to have it before you go out to have this moment, to have this kick when then when the whole show is running and then you're diving into it, you know. So yeah. For sure. I've I've got um I've got a couple of final questions for you, gents, before I let you on, on your way. And one of those questions is a question I started in 2023 and I was gonna sack it off for 2023, but I think I'm looking at you two now, and I think you've got a juicy answer for me. I'm not trying to trying to g you up, but I feel I feel like I'm just putting out there, putting the putting the energy out there, stream, right? That essentially, when Apple or Spotify or Deezer or fucking any big corporate brand decide to buy this podcast from me, right? I'm gonna have lots of lovely big corporate sponsor money, and rather than rebrand it back into the podcast. I'm going to say, fuck that. We'll end the podcast and we'll end it on one big giant festival, right? And the point of the festival is everyone who's been on the show, like your good selves, is invited to play the festival. Now, the festival is going to be in a big, massive fucking field. But the key with this is we've got lovely loads of corporate sponsor money so we can blow it on whatever we fucking want. And I'm asking every single band what they would like to add to their dream rider of the festival, <laughs> right? Now... I'll give you a little bit of context. We've had people who said they just want to turn up and play and they've not really got the concept of what I'm trying to do. Other people have fully understood what I'm trying to do and they've gone, all right, cool. I want like a fucking helipad. I want like, we've had puppies. We've had like roller coasters, masseuses. Masseuses is really popular. Um, but then you have people who go like really, really like weirdly specific, which also is like really, really cool. Because I'm like, in fact, I had, I can't remember the band, so I apologize for the band in question, but I had a band from Norway, and they said to me, they want a specific brand of energy drink. That was it. That's the only thing that came to their mind was this one, let's give me a crate of that. And I was like, you could have any. And he's like, no, no, that's all. I was like, fair play. Someone said to me, I want Taylor Swift just hanging about backstage. And I'm like, fair enough. Like, and I was like, she could play if she wants. Yeah, fine. What would you guys like to add? You can have one each since there's two of you. Honey, you go first. <laughs> Since it's just a one per person, um, I have to rethink about it. But I originally was aiming for 
basically, I would love to arrive in a double decker bus. Okay, um, nice. And just I, I just need a double decker bus for um, a giant water slide. I can slide nice. out of the bus into yep. a swimming pool right in front of the backstage area. Nice. I don't know why I'd, I'd love this, but if I'm thinking about festival, I'm thinking about hot weather, I'm thinking about a sweaty ass bus drive. And the best way to relax would be a massive entrance during a water slide into a pool. Nice. So I, I kind of something I like to do is I like to advance on what you've just said, right? So I'm thinking proper, and again, this isn't just a proper English style red London bus, right? Pulls up to the festival. You guys are on the bus. This is like your tour bus, right? You arrive. It's all going to be decked out with all the stuff you need for a tour bus. And then like you go to the top deck of said bus out the front where the window is it just like opens up like a fucking hatch drops down a big old slide into like a pool and then what <laughs> i'm putting words into your mouth now so i apologize <laughs> what i'm thinking is having again, this has all been like what people have also said is they want like have uh, people on hand to just give you like a beverage like a beer or a whiskey or whatever just like as you arrive into the pool like splash into the pool and your whiskey sir ah lovely to stage now and then you just go straight to stage <laughs> i mean I, I wouldn't mind if taylor swift was in the pool while i'm sliding in but <laughs> that's a whole different story though <laughs> you, you and me both, you and me both. <laughs> i love that <laughs> How are you um um uh so i'm pretty sure this festival will be a great experience for sure oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be a very eclectic bill very long festival it's gonna be about fucking a week at this point but carry oh, on well, yeah <laughs> uh, that sounds that sounds awesome man so yeah i i um i would love to add something then for the catering so Amazing. my uh so my wish would be a um a pop-up store from in and out burger um <sighs> Uh, you know what? Um, I, I, who was who was? Ah, oh, I've forgotten. Oh, who the hell? I'm was not it? done yet. <laughs> I was just gonna say we had an in who the hell did I interview like two days ago? It's completely gone from my mind. I feel really bad now. But they said to me, "I want a White Castle, like just there." So in and out White Castle. We're we're taking the American brands. Love it. Carry on. Sorry. It's just that <laughs> made. I was like, that's amazing. Go on. And the thing is, like, um, yeah, I would definitely want to have Rihanna there as a server. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so it would be really awesome. Nice, love that. Yeah. You know what? If if um, anyone from Rihanna or Taylor Swift's team is listening, we are open to doing pop collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> Just never be, if they want to come on and uh, yeah, talk about the new record, it's all good. <laughs> I love that. Um, gentlemen, I have one final question for you both. It's a question that I've asked every single artist who's been gracious enough to give me their time in the four years that we've done this podcast. And it's a simple one, but it's personal to you. What is the best thing about being in a band for you both? Traveling around the world. Nice. Amazing. I love that. Ooh, that's, that's, that's hard to decide. There's, there's, there's a lot of benefits uh, of being in a band. But I think it's, um, for me, it's escaping from reality sometimes. For sure. For sure. I, I had a, um, I had a black metal band on way, way back in the very, very early days of the podcast. And he looked me deadpan in the eye and just said nothing. Like, 
What's the best thing about being in a band? <laughs> and you know what? It, it like it was that there's that moment of just you guys just going like and I was like, and then he broke character and laughed. And I literally was like, if you'd have just left it like that, it would have screwed the aesthetics so much. A bit like, nothing good comes from playing this music. End. <laughs> lovely job um is there anything that we need to talk about anything we need to plug anything i've forgotten any plans for 2024 that we can talk about again i know that's a pr question nightmare but yeah anything that anything's on the cards for next year or this year as it goes out yeah so um basically we're just stoked to bring this record on january 19th and i mean yeah with uh, we're about to get everything together so we will really showing up again in the united kingdom next year um because so many people write us all the time and slide into our dms and like asking when we're back in the uk and we really really love to be in the uk um especially for playing live um so we will be back in 2024 for sure yeah amazing uh taylor swift big fan sliding into your dms there (laughs) (laughs) you know what it's it's really funny because Again, I, I, you know what? It's so annoying. I can't remember the people I've interviewed like two days. My brain's like a sieve today. But I, they had, oh, I remember who it was. It was uh, a UK hardcore band called Rough Justice. They made a joke about Roman Keating. And I was like, that man, I've not thought about that man's music since like day like 2005. So yeah, we're getting some uh, rogue shout outs to this podcast recently, but I'm all for it. Um, gents, this has been a fucking pleasure. I hope you have a lovely Christmas because uh, obviously this is recorded pre-Christmas. There you go, gents, ladies and gents. It's before, it's not live, so don't worry. Technical <laughs> issues we can edit out. It's all good. But um, yeah, this has been a pleasure. Um, I hope the record um, does as well as it should because it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I hope to catch you guys uh, in uh, in London or, or the UK somewhere very very soon. Yeah, likewise. Thanks a lot for having us. Um, really appreciate to be here. Thanks. Lovely job. Mm, nothing to add. It was a pleasure. Lovely job. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you very soon. Peace and love, everybody.